Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and joining me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, listeners, and hello properly to 2016. Properly? Why? Because we were looking backwards last week. Well, it came out in 2016, but we had to pre-record it, so we had to, it was a lie. That's true. The last was podcast was just a, a total... I mean, we were, we were running on blind faith that the world would still exist now. But luckily, it does, doesn't it? I mean, and what a year 2016's been so far. It is January, which is the time where everyone reassesses their lives and realises they're not happy with the modern day, uh, you know, with their lives. Most people, 99% of people. And for self-employed people, I was in a play last year. Finished on January the 2nd. Yes. Everyone I've spoken to has saw it said it was very good. Well, the reason I'm talking about it is that my diary is now empty. Nothing. And, and it's weird, isn't it? Because last month, only last month, people paid money to see you bellowing at kids. But if you were to do it now... Nothing. They'd call the police, wouldn't they? Nothing. Yeah. Well, we'll see We'll see what happens. The, the year is yet young, as they don't say. Um, but films... Uh, films. How has it how has it been for films uh, recently? I mean, Star Wars is still very much eclipsing everything, and no one really dare bring out anything big to try and compete with it. Well, it's the Oscar. It's it's time. For, it's Oscar sort of bait, which is nearly. Not... We're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, it's thing. Uh, basically, the ones that are coming out that people are talking about are Joy, uh, Room. I've heard really mm-hmm. good things about. So have I. Hateful Eight's coming out. Yes. And the um... now it has hopefully may have come out by the time this is released. I'm afraid we haven't had a chance to see it because it is not yet out when it we're recording. It comes out this. on the eighth. Have you heard the story about? Um, I think it's, it's either View or Cineworld and Picture House boycotting Hateful Eight. Have you heard about it? Better not be because they've just bought membership to blooming uh, a Picture House. They're not showing it. They're not showing Hateful Eight. That's not true. It is, is it? true. Yeah. Why? From the article I was reading. Anyway, it may, they may resolve it. But what they claim is that for a special 70 mil uh, showing of Hateful Eight, because Tarantino's done it in proper film, Yeah. Um, he went straight to the Odeon Leicester Square for that. And they're a bit pissed off that he didn't approach them, and so they're not going to show his film. That sounds to me like PR bullshit, because 
that's not how businesses are run. Businesses aren't toys out of the pram. They're just all about money. So I, the real reason, I've no idea. They they will definitely show that that film. Um, and the other one is a Danish girl or something, which is Eddie Redmayne. Oh one, yeah, that's out at the moment. Isn't where it? he dresses up as uh, no, he's not dressed. Sorry, he plays a transsexual. I'm getting very confused. I don't know about the film. Is he a transsexual or a transvestite? Uh, I cannot remember. I haven't seen it, so okay. no, I can't remember. I don't know. But I've seen the other Oscar bait one. Yeah, Joy. Joy. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence playing a lady. Uh, that's where I, I'm, I'm out. I don't know anything else about this film. What's it about? This is David O. Russell's latest film. Right. Uh, David Russell, who did things like Three Kings, American Hustle, which I thought was a bit overrated. Silver Linings Playbook. Yes, and Silver Linings Playbook. He does the Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence films these days. Well, it, 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 he's almost using them as a motif, really, mm. because this is just... I'm, I was surprised that he... Use Robert De Niro, Bradley Cooper, and Jennifer Lawrence because that's the three main cast members from Silver Linings Playbook. Right. So it gives it a similar feel. I, I, I can't really join in with this because the only film of his I've seen is Three Kings, and by the sounds of it, that's a very different thing. Yeah, Three Kings is very good. I like Three Kings, yeah. I didn't like Silver Plotline's Playbook when I first saw it, but I liked it the second time. It's a quirky fit. I mean, my, my main problem with Dave Russell is he's not Irish. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a Dave. I mean, well, it probably might be, but he said David O. Russell. Well, it's not David O. Apostrophe Russell, right? It's David O. Dot Russell. So it's his middle name. Yeah. Okay. So why would you say to, unless he wants to be Irish? Sure. It's almost like you call yourself David O. Russell. Oh, it's, it's not David O. Russell. It's Wilfrey Contreras, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. What's it? O for? has to be an apostrophe. I think it's Owen or something. Okay. I don't. I, I, there's something wrong about. Just call yourself David Russell. But would you say that to Samuel L. Jackson's face? If not, that if, he's not Samuel the Jackson. No, but it, it's the O I've got a problem. With. Okay, because it sounds so like an Irishman. Yeah, it's a sort of. He's just fannied about with it and made himself like a fake Irishman. Okay. Anyway, so let's get to the point. Sure. What's joy about? Joy is a film. It's just over two hours long, so it's it's, it's following the life story of Jennifer Lawrence, who plays Joy, and she is a sort of put upon daughter or and granddaughter of this family. Uh, she lives with her ex husband, who lives downstairs in the basement. She looks after her mum, who's obsessed with her. Uh, a television series and won't leave her room. Her dad's recently divorced and comes back to move in with them. Her gran lives upstairs. She's got two kids. Everyone is seems pretty much incompetent apart from her. Can I guess what this film is about from your description of the start? Yes. Is it? Is it both? Her name is Joy, and also she is the embodiment of positive attitude no, when she's grown no. up in a house of depressing things. No, not especially. Okay. I think she um, and she feels her life has been lost in that of her or usurped by that of her family because when she was young and there's a few sort of um, uh, 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 what's it called flashbacks to when she was a child and she used to be very creative and make things and be artistic but that period is gone as her family have just become unruly and she's the only sane person in that family Um so what happens is her dad gets a new girlfriend 
and um, during the course of this, she comes up with an invention like she used to in the old days, which is a mop, a self-ringing mop, which she struggles to patent and sell, which is all in the trailer, so it's not no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I, I before I saw this film, I was put off going to see it because I watched film two thousand and fifteen. And they gave it really bad reviews. And I okay. saw some, read some bad reviews somewhere. Then I saw a five-star review. I wouldn't give it either of those. I'd say seven marks. Okay. It's quite a sprawling mess of a film. But it, I, I don't know it's whether... It's, you know, sometimes you'll go to cinema and you're in the mood for the cinema. I think when you're in the winter and you say, I've just joined the Pitch House in Crouch End, which is a great cinema... And the seats are nice, and you sit there, and you feel like actually, I feel like I want to watch mm. a film for two hours, and I feel like I want to. I don't mind that fact; it's all over the place. Jennifer Lawrence is so watchable in it that it's enjoyable. She's a brilliant actress. I f- sort of feel that the other characters are almost too big. The reason it's two hours and four minutes long is that David um, uh, Robert De Niro um, has got an inflated part. Uh, Edgar Ramirez her husband's got an inflated part and Virginia Madsen who's in it they all seem to have bigger parts than they need it feels as if he said to them, these char- these actors oh you can be in my film don't worry you'll get your 10-15 minutes of story mm-hmm. you're too big a name for me to just yeah, yeah. you know jump over and ignore um, so that I think the most interesting thing is her creating this mop and all the difficulties she's got to overcome to make this uh, success but that only kicks in a little bit into the film it's an enjoyable film it's a good solid film uh, 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 charming film which leads you when you leave the cinema you think oh that's quite good you're not going to be blown away by it um, everyone does what you expect in it I maybe I felt some uh, I tweeted that I felt some parallels because having invented rules ball yeah. I understand the struggles the mop and the sport. Yes, I understand the difficulties in inventing a new product and how you need a lot of money to get anywhere and it's impossible to do that. I found that with Volsball. Okay, so you just wanted more of her Volsball uh, challenge. I wanted less. more of her. That was the interesting bit, the mop thing. But it felt, uh, I don't know. I just think it's all right. I don't think it's anything There should be more mops generally in films. I mean, they'd never focus on them for long enough. I mean, Silver Land Playbook's probably better because it's more of a relationship thing. And as a, but he is quite sprawling in his. That's not a tight film. Mm. He's quite. He likes his sort of family. Uh, well, again, Three Kings is nothing like that, but it is. It is ill-focused, I think. Three Kings, um, because it starts off as quite a quirky, dark funny film you know almost like the Coen brothers would make or something I don't know if you remember the opening scene with them deciding whether or not to shoot somebody and they don't know why they're there or what they're doing and they're all but and it slowly turns into a Ron Howard movie just over time just slowly turns into an utterly traditional American film and it's very odd it's 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 like two films bolted together um I've not seen his others so I can't I can't comment but I just find his films just moderately good. Mm. Are they elevated by the fact he's friends with good actors? Well, that's another thing I think is that Bradley Cooper's done well to be mates with him, 
Because I always think of Bradley Cooper, yeah, you're all right, but I can't believe he's a superstar. I'm mm. amazed he's a superstar. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him in anything that I've gone... He's good in the silver wow. lining's playbook, but I don't think you're that sort of... And he's, you know, he's got to thank David Russell for uh, yeah three big films now. Uh, but he didn't do American Sniper, did he? No, I mean, he didn't, that's, with a plastic baby. Plastic, but that was Clint Eastwood, of course. Um, Joy, it's it's just a moderately good film, and it's I I sort of come to expect a bit more because I think you're dealing. I think Jennifer Lawrence is spectacular, and and, and the cast are all really good. So they're going to give you a really good high quality performance anyway. So you've got really when you've got really good jigsaw pieces. Yeah, it'll you should make, make a good, good jigsaw, jigsaw, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a good analogy. Now, is Robert De Niro what? Which Robert De Niro are we getting? Are we do it getting latter day Robert De Niro trying to be funny? Are we getting sort of retro Robert De Niro no, it's doing just, it's an a old... new version? It's a sort of slightly angry, befuddled. Puzzled Robert De Niro. It, 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 I don't think he really ever has any of that. Uh, Have you seen the a, trailers for Dirty Grandpa? It, it's more of a comedy Robert De Niro. Uh, that sort of serious, angry Robert De Niro seems to have gone forever now. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a shame. He's sort of mugging throughout everything now. It's just feels a lot similar to Robert De Niro in Civil Dynasty's playbook. Right. Anyway, I mean. You talked about Star Wars before. Yeah. Which brings us... Did I? At the start of the show. Did I? Yeah. All right. Okay. Which brings us to our letters section. So, who's written to us and what do they want? Well, a few people. Hooray. Connor has written in. He said this is a, um, accent is a man gargling TCP. That's going to be... Or it. no accent you choose. I think you should go for no accent. Yeah, a man gargling TCP is going to be unintelligible. Because this is... To the recap, you were uninspired by Star Wars. No, 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 that's not fair. I said it was fine. It's a good film. It's probably a six for me. It's not worthy of all of the hype. All of the... I, I don't know. It's I, I've now lived with it for a bit, you know. And it does a lot of things well. I just wish it was more imaginative, basically. What is interesting is I looked it up on IMDb, and it was in the top twenty. Yeah. Now it's 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 plummeting to uh, around sixty now. And it, everyone thought it was going to overtake Avatar as the biggest film of all time. And so far, well, I don't know. By the time we release this, maybe I'll eat these words, but it hasn't. It's, it's today when we're recording this. It got to number four. Yeah, it will do. I don't know, I don't know. Avatar people were weirdly religious about, like it was odd. Anyway, anyway. I won't do it for the rest of it. I was interested in David's epic quest to put his finger on what was wrong with the new Star Wars film. Personally, I felt satisfied and excited leaving the cinema, and was extremely relieved it wasn't shit, and will probably watch it at least once more. Still, the heart of the film seemed fair and felt foul, to quote Tolkien. I think I can explain the problem very quickly. For me, it was not that it was uh, derivative, just that it mined a shallow pit. Let me explain. 
Whereas the original trilogy dug into Joseph Campbell and the early days of action cinema, this new one solely dug into the original trilogy. It was a photocopy of a photocopy. Take Empire Strikes Back as an example of how the old trilogy did it right. In that film, you have the archetypes of the belly of the beast on the asteroid, the cave on Dagobah, the hidden master, a.k.a. Yoda, the city in the clouds, a.k.a. Lando City, or Cloud City as it's called. In the new one, by contrast, they just split and mix elements from the original trilogy. The goofy part of the Han Solo character is coughed up as Finn, and the smooth, handsome wisecracker is served up as an ace pilot called Poe Dameron. Still, not being mean, but nothing better could have been expected from J.J. Abrams, who only mimics and never does anything new. Therefore, I think it was fair enough to get him to restart the engine and to, ho- and to hope uh, the next guy will take, it on somewhat, to, will take it on somewhere new. Keep watching the films and happy 2016. That's from Connor. I, I'm in total agreement. I mean, I think that's undeniable as well. But Connor has hit the nail on the head there. It took as its inspiration itself. And that's always, you know, they're not going to be able to mine that pit for very long until it gets very, very dry indeed. You know, if it turns out that some of the principal characters are related in the second one, if there's a revelation about that, and then the dark guy gets redeemed in the third one, I'm going to throw my hands up and go, no, I'm sorry, I'm done with this. Mm. You need to do something else, you know? It feels like, listening to that, it feels like, I imagine film students throughout the world are now able to write essays. Essays and essays Star- and essays. My dissertation yeah, was yeah, on yeah. Star Wars. Well, it's Wars. true. I mean, it's you can go around the houses on putting your finger on exactly what it was, but my motivation for wanting to do that, and I'm holding myself back from doing it again, is purely that uh, I was uncomfortable... Uh, coming out of the cinema because it hadn't moved me like it should have done. I'm hugely invested in Star Wars and it failed, and that's ultimately the what nostalgia I'm, I'm, do- of... I'm disappointed by that. And I want to exp- I want to it's, understand why it's nostalgia. It is, but I think all of the a lot of the goodwill it created was by just evoking the past rather than giving you something new and awesome. Because it's so difficult to do something new. It's not. Yeah, it is. Well, it's certainly harder. It's more of a risk, and especially when you've spent four billion on. They've this, never this worked. They've never been able to because Disney paid that much money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Crowley's written in with an email about Star Wars. Do you want to read this one? Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hello, David, Mark, Buddy, assorted policemen and builders, and Chris Webb. Please could you read this out in the Kenneth Williams voice? Cheers. I'm talking about the Force Awakens, but try my best not to be spoilery. Kenneth, always like that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll just do it quite homophobic. On isn't your review of Star Wars, Star Wars 7, the, the Star Wars, a Star, a Star, what? <laughs> anyway, you can't understand the sentence. Uh, sorry, um, to be honest, I was very was surprised they was put off it as, as it was. Whether you enjoyed The Force Awakens or not, I'd like to... Uh, uh, assuage, how do you say that assuage? word? Assuage, yeah. Assuage David's fears. Um, since Abrams is stepping off the franchise now, and Rian Johnson... I'm not even doing it. I'm going to read my own voice because my voice is... And Rian Johnson of Brick, Looper and Breaking Bad fame is currently slated to direct. And, I think, right, episodes 8 and 9. While a lot of people didn't like Looper, I loved it. 
especially with its grimy near-future aesthetic and show-don't-tell approach to time travel. Should be a good match for junky old scrapyard Star Wars. Plus, Johnson managed to make a proper sci-fi thriller with, uh, with a surprising and satisfying ending. Very rare these days. I have to say, me, this is me talking about it loud, or I was a massive fan of Louis Prophet. Were you? Yeah. I thought it was fine. I think a lot of David argu- David's arguments about the film very much hold up. But quite simply, I didn't have the same experience. I like Domhnall Gleeson's performance for one. <laughs> He's no Peter Cushing, but as a ridiculous space fascist, I didn't find his snarling villain too excessive. Likewise, I felt I really did invest in the characters. While I wasn't moved by the most grand act of destruction in the middle of the film, which was supposed to make me outraged, but instead made me think, who were they? I felt that core Star Wars model of little people trapped in an enormously large story was conveyed perfectly. I loved Finn and Ray, and of course Han, and my pulse raced on multiple occasions, especially when Chewie got got a lucky shot in got a lucky shot in. Sorry, I'm reading this really badly. Um, also, when you look back at the original trilogy, especially the very first Star Wars, they're very much in the habit of dropping exciting events in your lap and asking you to catch up rather than leading you by the hand. So I didn't mind that I didn't have the stakes laid out for me too clearly. I think one unavoidable case against the film is that it's pretty much made entirely to the template of A New Hope, running through several very familiar events and settings along the way. I suspect this is down to J.J. Abrams not feeling comfortable creating new things. As you correctly said, Star Trek spent the whole, the entire film bowing down to the fan base and gro- grovelling. Please don't hate me for rebooting this. Even his best film, Super 8 in my opinion, is a consciously made, te- made to template of the 80s Spielberg films to which he's paying homage. At the end, when Abrams is in a position to put an innovative twist on the genre, the film just sort of ends. In short, I very much enjoy Star Wars as a true blue space adventure and I'm very much looking forward to what the next films bring. I'll close with my mum's review of The Force Awakens. Oh, it was lovely, except for all the fighting. Keep watching the films, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, That's Tom. a good um, email. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, I've just uh, got different opinions, but it's... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's any more to be said on the on Star Wars. Really. Well, there's one more letter we should read out. All right, who's it from? It's from Justin Van Boxtel. Okay. And he says, please read, read this out as a CP3O, C3PO or any other camp accent you can do. Well... Not Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Clearly. He's he's difficult to do, Kenneth Williams, I isn't he? I can't be bothered. Um, C-3PO. Okay. Um, oh, my. It's like that, isn't it? That's very good. Hello, Marek, David and Buddy. Having lost nearly all my uh, sight since watching the original Star Wars trilogy, I have pleased to find The Force Awakens was novelised and available as an audiobook. So I decided to listen to that before watching the film. The storyline of the movie seemed really poorly edited, and the plot barely explained in comparison, especially with why the Resistance suddenly turn up as Rey is taken by Kylo Ren. Thanks for your review, David. I thought some of the problem I had with the story was watching the movie without audio description. I recommend the audiobook, as it uses all the sound effects, John Williams' music, and has expanded story arcs, including why Han confronted Ben. It's available via iTunes and Audible. Best regards, Justin Van Boxtel. Uh... No, that's very interesting. Um, that's I've, a good name, I've read a f- Great name. Um, I've uh, there's. It's interesting as well that the. Uh, although people are saying they love the Force Awakens, there is a huge move online, especially to have all of these questions answered in people's minds. Like, why did that happen? And who was that? Why did we not know anything about this? Why was that? And these are basically plot holes. And people 
still have the goodwill to go, oh, maybe they're mysteries, when actually they're plot holes. And But apparently people have been trawling through the screenplay and the scenes missing that would have plugged some of those gaps and they just cut them. Um, I'm not really sure why. And apparently, yeah, the... Uh, the novelization fills in more because it has more description stuff that wasn't done by either the actors or the director you know where they go uh, we see we see this person and this suddenly becomes clear you say no <laughs> no 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 none of that happened uh, but yeah no that's very interesting but you know I, this is all ephemera surrounding the movie the movie should be the event not the trailer for the rest of the stuff right I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's good in a way. You've got something that uh, have a cultural event everyone can share and talk about. Yeah, totally. Um, so that is nice. All right, then. Well, that's the end of the, the letters. letters section. Now, um, I've caught up with a film that uh, to go back for the first time in 2016 to our IMDb 250 game. And this was on TV recently and I forgot to record it, which I was annoyed. Well, I recorded it and have now watched it. It's a film Marek actually saw before and uh, has spoken about. It was in my top about. five films of, of the... 2014? Uh, yeah, ages ago. 2012, I think. Was it? Was it that long ago? Uh, but it's a film called uh, Untouchable, or Intouchable. Um, to explain to anyone who might not be familiar with our IMDb 250 game, basically uh, there's a list on IMDb of their top 250 films in terms of uh, how highly rated they are by users and if you go count down from number one um, until you hit a film you have not yet seen that is your IMDB score um, in our game so uh, Untouchable is the next one on my list that I hadn't yet seen so uh, I watched it and very much on your recommendation rather than skipping ahead um, I knew nothing about it I didn't know what to expect um, for people who might not be aware this is a French film um, about a incredibly w- rich man who is paralysed from the neck down. It's based on a true story. Yes, um, who hires um, a working class French uh, uh, man as his carer, but a man with an attitude problem. But he stands out from the other applicants because he doesn't pity him. Basically, isn't it? Um, it's really good. Mm. It's really really good. I mean. I do think that it's a very slight screenplay actually it's not it's not particularly deep or clever it's just brilliantly done it's quite just feel good movie stuff That's but the, the performances like it, yeah. are so good casting's the, great yeah the the, uh, the um the guy playing is it called Driss who's the carer he's yeah. played by an actor called Omar Sy who I've never seen before and he's fantastic and then the the um the man he's caring for is played by an actor called Francois Clouset, yeah, and he's absolutely brilliant. But we've seen him in something before. Uh, tell no one. Tell no one, which was that thriller we watched that we, we we'd never heard of, but was really good. Yeah. Um, but the two of them together have such chemistry, and I think that's the secret of why this film works so well. Um, and it's sort of anti PC as well, which is why it should probably find. Uh, a home at the moment in people's hearts. Do you know what I mean? Because there's a big, there's a big old, you know, just shouting at anyone who says anything remotely on PC on yeah. the internet. And this is about actually finding a human connection with people rather than holding everyone at arm's length all the time. It's really uplifting. That's what uh, it's unrelentingly uplifting. It's unashamedly uplifting. Absolutely. Interestingly, it's got quite a low score 
on Metacritic, which aggregates all of the reviews. And I was very surprised by that. It's got a 57 out of 100, which is uh, saying that nearly all of the reviews had a problem with it. And I, I, I don't get that at all. Or I've, and I, I, you know, skim read the reviews to see what their problem was, and nearly all of them were saying, "This is all very uplifting, but uh, this is, it's not uh, an accurate portrayal of disability or an accurate portrayal of it." Like, well, what do you mean? I mean, it, I don't, I don't see the problem. I think it's weird. It, it's its own it, thing, yeah. and and I don't see why a disabled character has to be representative of all other disabled people. I mean, that's nonsense. In my opinion, anyway, I think you know this was about this one man who happened to be incredibly wealthy. So of course, it's not the the average experience for mm. for paralysed people. Um, no, I think it's I think it's brilliant, and I think people should watch it. Frankly, if you're feeling depressed at the start of New Year, watch Untouchable. I think that's what films are for. I think mean, I don't know how you give it rubbish scores because it doesn't fit in with what's cool and what's uh, yeah, yeah. this idea that films should not be but it's not even happy. that challenging is it it's not it's not like gritty or 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 you know i don't know what the word is it's it's not i really it's utterly just standardly uplifting it knows what it's doing and it does it brilliantly well yeah i think it's like a french equivalent of uh, like an early uh, richard curtis or something it does feel like that sort of a french which when they like notting hill or I, know, I do like that. Or four actually. weddings, yeah, yeah, that sort of feel of it, where you just think, oh, it does, it, it, it is a sort of a step away from reality. But maybe I'm, I'm more than happy to go on that. What I enjoyed was how much of a sense of humour the people in it had, rather than the film was telling jokes. Like that felt that felt different to Curtis actually. In Curtis, you know, humorous scenarios are contrived a bit, whereas in this, it was just two people who had a sense of humour and desperately wanted to express it, stuck in a stuffy world. Yeah. Um, but nothing dark happened. The, the other side of the the, uh, the coin of sort of realism wasn't really there. It, it is lighter than reality, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, it's great. It's, it's yeah, it's thoroughly uplifting. I'd give it, you know, eight probably. I think I gave it nine, Marek. Yeah. Watch it and you can feel nice. Yeah, it's called Untouchable. I think it's the title they've now settled on. It was called lots different of ones. different things. It's called the un- the Intouchables. Well, because un- it couldn't be called the Untouchables, so they called it the Intouchables, and no one knew what that was. So then they called it Untouchable, and I, I don't know. It's got lots of names, but you'll track it down. It's got the the two main cast members' faces on the poster. Yeah. All right then. Um... Well, that's it, that's it really. But uh, now, what's my IMDb score? Do you do you know what yours is currently? Mine. I'm just waiting for that. I've got to watch that stupid Chaplin film. Which one? Oh, the one where he jumps into the river and he, the drunk bloke one. That you, I watched half of it. Oh, um, Modern Times. Yeah. Or City Lights. Modern Times. Modern Times. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna looking it up to see what my score is now. So that seeing untouchable has taken me up to a score of of course this list changes every now and again so it might surprise me but uh I now have a score of 40 the green mile is what I'm up to my my score is 33 so I haven't seen city lights is now 34 yes oh no my score's 39 then if no cuz your score is the one you haven't seen so yeah. you're on 34 
34 plays 40. Let's see if we can uh, have a race towards the end of the year. Right, yeah. well, that'll do for, for this week, I think. Um, if you'd like to email us, then please do so. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the address. Or you can talk to one another and post anything you find online on our Facebook wall, forward slash Film Fandango. Or you can tweet us at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Marek Larwood. And... Aside from our occasional advertising on the the front of these, um, we do all of this for free and are trying to cover our running costs every week. So if you've enjoyed the podcast then and you'd like to donate towards our running costs, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there. And everyone who has, um, and we know who you are, thank you very, very much. You're the best. We will be back next week with yet more films. But in the meantime, keep, keep watching, watching the films. films. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.